On today's show, we're going to take a look at the history of werewolves, where they originated, how you became one, and how they were dealt with. We'll also take a look at a few serial killers who claim to be werewolves and discuss the real-life disorder known as clinical lycanthropy. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you're a fan of werewolf mythology, stick around. We're sure you're going to be liking this episode. This is Necronomapod. An oddly behaving, aggressive dog shows up in your village and bites your neighbor. Then your neighbor begins acting strangely as well. They're agitated, maybe even aggressive, and foaming at the mouth like that scary dog was. And then they die. Back before we understood what a virus was or how they work, a werewolf was as good an explanation as any for how a bite could make a person change them. Especially if you'd heard rumors about people with wolf-like appearances. Such rumors could have come from real medical conditions, like congenital hypertrichosis terminalis, the excessive growth of pigmented hair due to a genetic abnormality. In the past, it was literally called werewolf syndrome, because people with it grow unusually thick and somewhat fur-like hair on their face and body. The condition is extremely rare, though. Doctors have documented less than 100 cases since the Middle Ages. So I think I've officially crossed over into the uh, disgusting fat fuck phase of my diet. Um, Glad to have you, buddy. Glad to have you. <laughs> so last night I um, I made two enormous spaghetti sandwiches. And as I was eating it, I was like, you are a disgusting individual. But it was so goddamn good. I like, you know, who doesn't like bread with their pasta? And I'm just sick of dipping it or eating them separately. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to toast or uh, butter four pieces of bread, pile on spaghetti, and make sandwiches out of it. And I sat there like a schmuck on my couch eating two big ass spaghetti sandwiches. And you know what? I loved every second of it. It was so good. I picture the scenario being where you catch a glimpse of yourself in the mirror somehow eating. And you're like just staring at yourself and you just shrug, <laughs> go back to eating your sandwich. <laughs> like pasta sauce all on my face, like <laughs> running down my chest. There's like noodles in my chest. <laughs> I'm look, I'm just, I'm just saying I highly recommend it. It was damn delicious. Sounds pretty tasty. What has there ever been anything that you guys have had that like while you're eating it, you're like, good Lord, I'm disgusting. And if so, what was it? A Wendy's triple that you guys tried to get me. <laughs> to try it was it was ridiculous fucking grease running all over everywhere it really is one of the greasiest sandwiches of all time but it is so good like what am i doing here uh actually just two days ago i was really fucking hungry and uh so i went to get everybody mcdonald's and i'm like man i really could eat like two big macs right now (laughs) and so and so instead of that i ordered myself um that Big Mac dinner box that comes with two Big Macs, two cheeseburgers, four oh things of fries. And 10-piece nuggets. Don't forget those. Yeah, yeah, and the 10-piece nuggets. I almost, I, I almost finished the whole thing. I felt so bad about myself afterwards. That's awesome. Like, what after I got to eating, I'm like, man, you should just feel ashamed about yourself for doing that. That's what I mean. Like, I finished my spaghetti sandwiches, and I was like, what did I just do? Like, I blacked out for 10 minutes and just mild the shit out of them. And then you sit there like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. 
What did you have left of the dinner box? Some of the chicken nuggets. Man. Like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> and like one half uh, eaten like sauce pack that's left with it. Like a ranch or something. Yeah, I felt bad about myself. That's a lot that. of food there. <laughs> you come in with like one bag for your family and this entire box just for you. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's us. We're three fat pieces of shit. <laughs> now you know. Although if if there's ever, if a restaurant, uh, you know, Dave, like curb your enthusiasm when the deli names a sandwich after Larry. Yes. And what is it? Uh, it's like a fucking fish sandwich, isn't it? I don't remember. What the, I know exactly. I don't remember the sandwich, though. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. Was it like a herring, a smoked herring and something, maybe? Yeah. Hold on, here it is. Smoked sable and white fish. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. With cream cheese, pickled onions and tomatoes, and capers. Yeah, that sounds good. So that's good. the Larry... That's what? I said, that sounds good. I would try it. Um, but anyway, so if, if a deli, you know, if we ever make the big time and a deli wants to name a sandwich after me, I'm demanding it's a spaghetti sandwich. <laughs> Final answer. <laughs> I'd eat it. So, moving on, I guess this is our last show before the holidays or before Christmas. So, I have a couple questions for you guys. One, what is your favorite traditional, like, in the sense to you, like, your traditional favorite Christmas food? Mm. What constitutes a traditional Christmas food, I guess? Like, just something you have every year that you're, like, it's your favorite thing that you look forward to. I mean, every year, Angie makes uh, ham and potato salad on Christmas Eve, so I guess potato salad. I do love potato salad. That's nice. I get a, a sushi tray on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's good, too. God damn, you guys are living it up. <laughs> Man, now I feel bad about my answer. <laughs> you can say spaghetti is in a can. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I might start that this year. I do eat. Usually uh, we have, you know, like we'll have people over. I guess I didn't even think about this till just now, but Ian, you reminded me. So we'll typically have like a ham on Christmas Eve. And then when everyone leaves like later in the evening, I'll pour like a like a big glass of Christmas ale. I'll make a plate of just ham, like end to end, like dripping off the sides, the, a massive plate of ham. I'll drink the Christmas sale, eat the ham and watch Christmas vacation and then just pass out like the happiest little fuck in the world. <laughs> that's right. Afraid so I that think big I'm going to plate of ham. That, that's, that's right. There you go. That's a good one. Oh, I do love I, I don't actually ham is not my favorite, but like once a year, I just crave it. And, you know, right at Christmas. And it's so good. I stuff cabbage quite often, too. I like that a lot. Oh, I do like... What is... Last question. Your go-to favorite number one Christmas movie. What is it? Christmas um, Vacation. It's a classic. So I believe my favorite Christmas movie is called The Family Stone. Have you guys ever seen it? No, I haven't, but no. I know you've, you've recommended it before. It's very good. So I'm going to go with that one. All right. Family Stone. I'm with Ian Christmas Vacation. I know it's it's classic and most a lot of people say that, but so damn good. I would say Home Alone 2 is a close close second on that. Well, that's interesting. You like the second Home Alone better than the first one. <laughs> yeah. Those wow. movies crack me up. <laughs> they're, I think they're fantastic. Have you ever seen the, the thir third and fourth one? No. Yeah, I don't yeah, have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. That's our food and movie talk. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> 
That's going to be next week's no. show for an hour. <laughs> that really is a year-end show. Some people live for it. Most people are probably just not even going to download it. Yeah, they're lost. So, anyways, Ian, what do we got tonight? Tonight we are going to be talking about the history of werewolves. Werewolves have shown up in culture as far back as the ancient Greeks with the story of King Lycon and Zeus. In the story, Zeus went to visit Lycon disguised as a common man and to test if he was a god or a common man, Lycon killed a hostage and fed the remains to Zeus in a meal. There's also another version of this where Lycon kills one of Zeus's sons and feeds his son to Zeus. That's either way very nice no nope that's like uh, game of thrones way. when Arya fed uh what's his name cooked his his sons and fed it to him that's where that came from probably huh yeah probably interesting right mike yeah right spoiler sure. alert geez <laughs> some of us haven't seen it yet <laughs> so furious zeus transformed lycon into a wolf this story is in part where the term lycanthropy comes from which is a real mental disorder that is listed in the DSM-5 that branches off from schizophrenia. A person suffering from lycanthropy fully believes that he or she can transform into an animal or that they just are an animal at all times. Hmm. That's what the, the snake guy had. I'm a snake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a snake. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> What's it's interesting. Uh, it's not specific to wolves either. Like you, they can, someone with that disorder can think that they're anything. Hmm. What would you That's guys so choose weird. to be? I've never really heard of that before. No. What would you choose to be if you could pick your own schizophrenic animal? Or does animal it choose to be? you? Do, it probably chooses you, right? I don't know. What is a what's DSM five? A list of. Uh, That's like the the list of um, mental disorders and like. Doctors use that to, to diagnose things. Okay. It gets updated every once in a while. DSM, it's the, I looked up just so I could figure out the actual wording of it. The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. Hmm. The fifth edition came out, was published in 2013. I thought maybe it was the, it was. the dick sucking manual that you rewrote when you, <laughs> when you got to the, to the frat house and it was the fifth edition. <laughs> well, that was my first edition. And oh. I've since... Revamped that. <laughs> Spitters or quitters. That was the. That's how it ended, right? That was the working title yeah. <laughs> until I got fancy with it. I think your brain just, for some reason, just chooses an animal. I don't think you can specifically yeah. think. You know, come up with it. Just whatever. I don't know. Imagine if you picked something super shitty or your brain picked something yeah, super right. shitty, like a squirrel or a chicken or something. <laughs> like a fucking ladybug. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of something cool like a wolf. Right. Uh, I don't know what animal I'd be. Might be a bird, like a hawk or something so you can fly. Yeah, like a, a hawk or a vulture or mm -hmm. an eagle. Just something like big and badass. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what my favorite animal to see at the zoo is. Uh, I'd probably do, I'd be an elephant. That'd be kind of cool. Hmm. Just be all lazy and just step on people. Wander around all day. <laughs> be super smart at the same time. That's awesome. The ancient Greeks told another tale of lycanthropy that in Arcadia, once a year, a man would be chosen to be taken into a marsh area. Once there, he was ordered to take off his clothes, swim across the marsh, and would then transform into a wolf. 
He would then join a pack of wolves for nine years, and if in that nine years he could refrain from eating human flesh, he would turn back into a human. It's a long time, nine years. Yeah, you're missing out on a lot of your life, your human life. Yeah, right. <laughs> so obviously you're going to eat people. What else are you going to do? That might be the only excitement you actually have. Yeah. Getting into medieval Europe, there was widespread belief in werewolves, specifically, quote, wolfmen. In literature, wolfmen were depicted as literally men trapped inside the bodies of wolves. These accounts of men trapped in a wolf's body weren't viewed as hostile, like we're going to get to in a bit here where with like specific werewolves they were only known to attack whoever put that curse on them which was usually their spouse starting in the 14th century through the 16th century werewolves were a common term written in religious texts as being servants to the devil and were associated closely with witches werewolves also took a metaphorical place in folk tales based on general fear of wolves wolves were extremely hard to hunt at the time ate livestock, and there are very real accounts of packs of wolves attacking rural towns and killing multiple people. Oh, that's a real scary threat back then. Yeah, I read an account, I want to say it was like the 1400s, maybe 1500s, about a, a small town in France where like a pack, they like had these accounts of a pack of 40 wolves just came in and just started tearing everybody up. We mm. oui, oui, monsieur. That's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And also these religious people, anyone they don't like, anyone different. Uh, they're servants to the devil. Yeah, they're servants of the devil. <laughs> Werewolvery was a common accusation in witch trials and even showed up in the valet witch trials, which was one of the earliest witch trials in the first half of the 15th century. Even earlier in Vaud, child-eating werewolves were reported as early as 1448. The height of attention to lycanthropy came in the late 16th to early 17th century as part of the European witch hunts. So we just did that episode a couple weeks ago. We sure did. They kind of ran side by side with each other. You could easily be accused of being a werewolf as well as a witch. Available in the archives. Go check it out. Did it have anything to do with gender? I mean, is it mostly women were witches and men were werewolves? Uh, you know what? I found some accounts of women being called werewolves in history, but for the most part, it seemed like it was men. Uh. In 1653, a Vaud pastor publicly argued that lycanthropy was just an illusion. After this, I'm, you know, I'm surprised they didn't just say he was a werewolf and kill him. But. <laughs> right. He was in Salem. That's what would have happened. Oh, you're a witch, too. <laughs> But after this, the only further record of lycanthropy being prosecuted was from 1670 of a boy who claimed he and his mother could change themselves into wolves, and nobody took that serious. Hmm. Are there any eyewitness accounts of, you know, actually seeing them in full wolf, you know, hairy and, you know, like actually transformed into a full werewolf? Or is it more like uh, projecting on them, kind of like the, the Salem and the witch stuff? I think it's it, it seems like it was more projecting on them, but I think what it is is with some of these guys that we're going to get into in a little bit here. I think it was it's very early serial killers that people didn't understand the idea of serial killing, and there's all these wolf attack like actual real wolf attacks right, happening. Right. So they just blend the two together, and they're like, "This it must be a wolf on the loose," you know. That's 
That makes sense. Yeah, I was just wondering, because there's that actual, you know, hypertrichosis, which is the actual werewolf syndrome with, you know, like the bearded lady and wolf girl and all those things that you hear about from the, the circus sideshows back in the day. I was wondering if any, you know, anyone was actually afflicted with that and they actually saw someone that appeared to be covered in hair. It doesn't sound right, like just it. Poor, poor hairy people and they get accused of being werewolves. Right. That did happen in some areas. I was reading that people with that condition. Hmm. Um, a lot of places also thought that people with Down syndrome were werewolves. So uh, immediately, children with Down syndrome in some areas were labeled as werewolves. Yeah, jeez, that sounds about right. The attacks on rural towns from packs of wolves—we just talked about a, a minute ago—lasted into the 20th century in some areas. And before the end of the 19th century, the Greeks believed that the corpses of sinners, if not destroyed, would return to life in the form of wolves or hyenas, which roamed battlefields drinking the blood of dying soldiers. In the same line of thinking, in some rural areas of Germany, Poland, and northern France, it was believed that people who died in mortal sin came back to life as blood-drinking wolves. Hmm. What does died in mortal sin? Committing a mortal sin? Like Mr. Hands, the horse guy? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he might have died in a mortal sense. I think you could consider it that. <laughs> These zombie wolves would return to their human corpse form at daylight. They were dealt with by decapitation with a shovel and an exorcism by the local priest. The head would then be thrown into a stream where the weight of its sins was thought to weigh it down. <laughs> No, no wonder I have this big giant round head. It's weighted down with all this blasphemy. <laughs> all that sin, man. Yeah, I didn't realize that was scientific. So this that like that whole thing leads me to believe just panic over further wolf actual wolf attacks. And then they're like, Oh, it must be these these corpses, you know, these these people coming back mm-hmm. to life at, at night, so they just go dig up bodies and decapitate them. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I got to say, overall, we're we're pretty lucky to be living in the time period that we're alive now, because throughout human history, there was some bad stuff, man. Yeah, just you, you piss someone off walking on the street, and they can accuse you of being a werewolf, and then your fucking head's cut mm-hmm. off, and you're dead. As far as how one would become a werewolf, there are multiple ways that have been recorded throughout history. One of the easiest ways was taking off all of your clothes and putting on a belt that was made out of wolf skin. There are also accounts of rubbing a magic salve on your body or drinking rainwater out of a wolf print. <laughs> Ugh, that sounds gross. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was also the idea of lycanthropy being cast upon someone as a curse, which stems from that story about King mm-hmm. Lycon and Zeus. Well, if you're thirsty and you need to drink out of a print, make sure it's not a wolf print. Exactly. It's dangerous. Also, just go to the gas station and buy a fucking bottle of water. <laughs> That 1500 Speedway? (laughs) Well, I thought we were putting out cautions for nowadays. You know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Snow holds bark. Nowadays, (laughs) please don't drink out of a footprint in the woods. Go to a Sunoco and or Shell and buy yourself a, you know, buy yourself a smart water, not that Fiji shit. Fiji is fucking awful. Is it? I don't like it one bit. They are have Fiji. Tastes gross. They come in those fancy little square bottles. They rope you in. They charge you like 800 bucks for one. <laughs> no, thank you. I like the smart water the best. Okay. Was it you that stands there and or that purposely tries all the waters? Or was that somebody else that was telling me that? 
tries them at the I mean, store. I've tried most of I've tried most of them just to see what they what they were like. But I don't I don't like I didn't make like a thing of it. Must be somebody else mm. told me that. That sounds like something I would brother. do. So I don't I don't blame you for accusing <laughs> me of that. But I, I cannot uh, confess to that. It's weird, Ian. That might came to mind when that thought went through your head. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that like I'm standing in, in the store and I just like open a bottle, take a sip, and I'm like, nah, put it back. Grab another one, take a sip, put it back. <laughs> Dave, you like which one do you like? Deja blue. You like a weird the deja blue, that's right. It's delicious. Do they what still are, even make that? Oh yeah. Do they? What are those ones with like the fun uh artwork on the front? The the clear bottle with uh, Oh I, I know like what you're painting. talking about. I, I don't I don't remember what it is but i know the ones the exact ones you're talking about yeah, i good? like that stuff yeah i don't know if i've yeah. had those ones so multiple remedies have existed for werewolves throughout history the ancient greeks and romans believed that the power of exhaustion would cure someone from lycanthropy the victim would be subjected to long periods of physical activity in hopes that they would be cured <laughs> and if nothing else you're skinny and you have good endurance so i mean that's a positive <laughs> Yeah, your cardio will be yeah, good. Right. <laughs> that is it, true. Maybe we shouldn't be getting these werewolves in better shape. You got to be real careful there. Yeah. Things fucking hunting you down, chasing your car. Again, I'm speaking nowadays. <laughs> I would not. I would not implement this method because no. it could backfire. <laughs> I mean, like in Underworld, they're already pretty ripped. So I don't know. They could probably run all day. I don't think that's going to work. That's got uh, who's the chick in Underworld? Kate Beckinsale. May Gusta. Yeah, I'm team vampire, so by the way. I have not seen any of those movies, but <laughs> of course I'm not. aware of her. <laughs> what is it? Is it like a werewolf versus vampire type thing? Uh, yeah, more or Was less. Was that like before Twilight? Uh, yeah. Hmm, okay. They're great. Well, the first two are great. They don't look bad. It's just I've never seen them, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I'm too busy writing my memoirs, Dave. I don't have time for <laughs> movies. <laughs> And I'm reading the DSM and dripping you know, spaghetti things. sandwiches all over your lap. Well, you know, it's, it's on my, you know, my cheat nights, which is four nights a week, sometimes five or six. In medieval Europe, there were three methods to cure a victim of lycanthropy medicinally, usually with the use of wolfsbane, surgically or by an exorcism and spoiler alert. Many of those surgical remedies proved to be fatal to the person. They died pretty quick. You don't this is, say. This is one of the times where I was reading the notes ahead of time and actually laughed out loud reading that. <laughs> okay. And I, I also who, looked who up. Didn't see that coming. I looked up Wolfsbane too, and, and apparently that will kill you pretty easily too. So that's how they cured you with that. <laughs> but then, if you die from any of this, they they they'll probably just say, "Oh, he must have been a werewolf. That's, that's why right. he died from that's this." Right. And then they're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, the idea got somehow the idea that they had fur on the inside of their skin came about. And then at night or whenever they wanted to transform into the wolf, the hair would come out. It would come through the skin. And then when they changed back, it would go back inside their body. Mm. And there was, there was an account of one guy who who claimed that. I can't remember if it, somewhere between the 14th and 16th century. And uh, the magistrate just cut off his arms and legs to see if it was true. And uh, (laughs) it was not. He did not have any fur on the inside. (laughs) Sorry, no do-overs. He also didn't have life after that. (laughs) Ian, have you ever seen American Werewolf in London? Uh, A long time ago. Like, that was a really good werewolf movie. Yeah. Like, a great transformation scene, the guy turning into the werewolf. 
I've only seen it once, and it was a long time ago. Yeah, that's an old movie. It's really good, though. I like the song by Warren Zevon. Werewolves in London. It's a good tune. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a good, real good werewolf movie. I like those old Wolfman movies from way back yeah. when. I think that's where kind of the vampire werewolf stuff started, like Dracula versus the Wolfman, all those old B right. movies and that stuff. All right, we'll just say it's Teen Wolf and move on. <laughs> yeah. It is a good movie. <laughs> I didn't even think of Teen Wolf. <laughs> I've never even seen it. I just know of it. What? Teen Wolf was great. Wolf? How are you guys even surprised anymore that like, I, mean, I haven't seen these movies? That one's pretty surprising. It's Michael J. Fox, right? Yeah. I actually like him a lot, too. So I'm surprised I haven't seen it. He's fucking surfing on top of the car. That's right. It's great. It's slam dunking basketballs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> As a werewolf. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> See, and yet I'm thinking of this one and you guys aren't. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Good job, Mike. I was think, saying it as a joke, thinking you guys were going to shit on it. I think it just officially became oh, hey. the uh, werewolf movie of Necronomapod. Yeah, that's a great movie. Really good. <laughs> a Sicilian belief of Arabic origin says that a werewolf can be cured by striking it on the, striking it on the forehead or scalp with a knife. Uh, and that's not like just a tap on the head. That's like a full blown hit on your forehead. That's what I was going to ask. Like just, oh, ding. No. Like not stabbing them, just hitting them with it. Yeah. Just like just straight up hitting someone right <laughs> so on the forehead. You have to essentially bop a werewolf on the head with a knife. Mm -hmm. Yep. And good luck getting that close. Another belief from the same culture involves piercing of the werewolf's hands with nails. Mm. In the German lowland of Schleswig Holstein, a werewolf could be cured if one were just to simply address it by its Christian name three times. <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael. There you go. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> While one Danish belief says that just scolding a werewolf will cure you. You can just yell at, some, yell at one and it's done. <laughs> Stop it right now. That's it. Cured. Scolding. You're a naughty werewolf. You're naughty. <laughs> Like Tommy Boy yelling, talking, was it, remember that? I do. I have seen talking that movie. His, was he talking to his biscuits? You're naughty. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Wasn't that Tommy Boy? <laughs> Conversion to Christianity was also a common method of removing lycanthropy in the medieval period. Devoting yourself to St. Hubert has also been cited as both a cure and protection from lycanthropes. We're going to cover that uh Conversion of Christianity method and Bible babble at some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Insane. Coming <Hubert>. soon. <laughs> we should clarify so I don't get a thousand questions. Coming soon to a $10 patron tier near you. Best value this uh, east of the Mississippi. Well, I mean, as long as it doesn't suck, Dave. No pressure. <laughs> it might be awful. It might last one month. <laughs> we'll have to see. When we immediately lose all of our $10 patrons. <laughs> They're like, uh oh. You suck. <laughs> we'll be right back is there something interfering with your happiness something keeping you from achieving your 2020 goals let's face it these are certainly trying times from being cooped up inside your home to wondering how you're going to pay next month's bills we're all experiencing some form of stress or strain on our mental health and for that better help is here for us BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. The best part? No waiting rooms. That's a pretty big deal if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours, 
And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own couch. BetterHelp is available worldwide and has a broad range of expertise available, including licensed professional counselors who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflict, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Not happy with your counselor? No worries. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Remember, everything you share with your BetterHelp counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help you deserve. Financial aid is even offered to those who qualify. Want to hear how BetterHelp assisted people just like you? Check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. Look, we here at Necronomapod want you to start living a happier life. So, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, BetterHelp.com slash Necro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With that, let's get into some accounts of specific werewolves in human history. Uh, The first one we're going to talk about tonight is a guy named Peter Stube. There's also in history a lot of different spellings of his name. There's some that say Peter Stump. Uh, Stump spelled multiple different ways. I just like the way Peter Stube sounded, so I went with that one. Works for me, yeah. (laughs) Peter Stube was born in the village of Eprath near Bedburg, which is 30 miles west of Cologne, Germany. The year of his birth is debated, but it's assumed to be somewhere between 1545 and 1550. According to the accounts, at 12 years old, Peter began practicing black magic, necromancy, and sorcery. This led Peter to selling his soul to the devil when he was 20 years old, and in return, the devil gave him a belt made of wolfskin. The original text reads, quote, The devil, who hath a ready ear to listen to the lewd motions of cursed men, promised to give him whatsoever his heart desired during his mortal life, whereupon this vile wretch neither desired riches nor promotion, nor was his fancy satisfied with any external or outward pleasures. But having a tyrannous heart and a most cruel bloody mind requested that at his pleasure he might work his malice on men, women, and children in the shape of some beast, whereby he might live without dread or danger of life, and unknown to be the executor of any bloody enterprise which he meant to commit. That was one long-ass motherfucking sentence. (laughs) The devil, who saw him a fit instrument to perform mischief, as a wicked fiend pleased with the desire of wrong and destruction, gave unto him a girdle which, being put around him, he was straight transformed into the likeness of a greedy, devouring wolf, 
strong and mighty, with eyes great and large, which in the night sparkled like unto brands of fire, a mouth great and wide, with most sharp and cruel teeth, a huge body and mighty paws. And no sooner should he put off the same girdle, but presently he should appear in his former shape, according to the proportion of a man, as if he had never been changed. Mm. So you can switch back and forth at will. That's pretty cool. Yeah, all he has take to do is yeah, put on the belt or take it off. Mm. Yeah. Over the next 25 years, Peter was able to blend in with society. But at night, he would put on the belt and murder. He would use his charm to lure women into fields alone, then rape and murder them. When that wasn't possible, he would attack groups of girls playing, grabbing whichever one he could. And the thought of that is actually scarier than a, than a real like the thought of a real werewolf, this naked guy wearing a wolf belt, just running through a group of kids <laughs> and just grabbing yes. whichever one he can. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking horrifying. And it said like when he he would bite Pete because he legit thought he was a wolf, so he would like just start biting people and these kids and stuff. Over the next few years, he had murdered 13 young women and two pregnant women. With the pregnant women, he ripped the babies from their wombs and then ate them. I mean, in his defense, the placenta, it's really nutrient dense and it's pretty nutritional, right? Uh, I'm sure that's what he was thinking about, too. I, I was just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking the question, sir. <laughs> his home life was also hidden from society. Behind closed doors, he fathered a child with his daughter and expanded incest to a relationship with his sister. Outside of incest, he also had a mistress named Catherine Trompin. This guy's like a composite of a bunch of our greatest hits from the past episodes here. He's doing everything. <laughs> he might be one of the earliest serial killers. Yeah, it sounds like it. Does it count if you think you're a wolf when you're doing it? I think so. I think it counts. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that counts. Yeah, all right. The judges say it counts. I'm a serial killer of spaghetti sandwiches. <laughs> and, and class. Can, I want that to be a new t-shirt is just a spaghetti sandwich picture. <laughs> I, will, I will be the only one who purchases it. As his murders continued, Peter branched out from young women and even ended up killing his own son. From those original texts, says, quote, So far, his delight in murder exceeded the joy he took in his son, that thirsting after his blood. On a time, he enticed him into the fields, and from thence into a forest hard by, where, making excuse to stay about the necess necessaries of nature, while the young man went forward, incontinent in the shape and likeness of a wolf, he encountered his own son, and there most cruelly slew him, which done, he presently ate the brains out of his head as a most savory and dainty, delicious mean to staunch his greedy appetite. Okay. <laughs> so he, he ate his son's brains. <laughs> so, so he's like, let me translate. He fucking killed his son and ate his brains. A lot of extra words in flowery, there. Flowery, <laughs> fancy. Yeah, all these things I'm reading, it's all like one long run-on sentence. What are you going to do? Where do these accounts come from? Just uh, like people who wrote about it back during the the trials and whatnot or i can't remember the specific year off the top of my head but so, like a pamphlet you remember i can't remember what episode we talked about pamphlets and like pamphlets mm -hmm. were a big deal yeah. back then no it was written in, in a pamphlet like that so like eyewitness stuff yeah like not hundreds of years later telling stories these are kind of eyewitness accounts right yeah i'm like the bible written hundreds of years later with no eyewitness <laughs> accounts 
Save it for Bible babble, Dave. Don't give any more spoilers away. <laughs> Let them pay for that shit. A specific account tells of Peter hiding behind a bush in a forest after he spotted three people that he knew, two men and a woman. Peter yelled out from behind the bush, calling one of the men. And when that man went to see what was going on, Peter killed him. When the second man went looking for the, for the guy that went there first, Peter also killed him and then went after the woman. Once he caught her, he raped and murdered her. Always stay together. Don't go out on your own. Don't fall for that gag. A lot of life lessons in this story. Yeah, right. right. It's like, hey, Billy, I'm behind the tree. Come by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, next, Jimmy. I'm still behind the tree. Billy's here. <laughs> Another documented account tells of Peter running through a group of children and grabbing a young girl. Before he was able to bite into her neck, her screams disturbed cattle nearby, and they stampeded towards Peter, stopping him. The girl was able to identify Peter as her attacker. So you might say the cattle stampede was a bit of bovine intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that joke was utterly ridiculous. <laughs> This guy. He'll be here all night. <laughs> now he wants people to pay to listen to him. Can you imagine? <laughs> Sorry. Cow humor. Love it. So with this girl having like an eyewitness thing, like being able to identify Peter, the town put out a, a kind of an edict to kill any wolves that they see and hunt down any werewolf. So Peter was out with his belt naked with his belt on and was hunting and he knew people were he saw hunters coming through the woods so he figured that he could just take off the belt and would transform back into a man and he just walked out naked and they're like oh yeah and they saw him take off the wolf belt and they're like oh yeah you're you're the guy <laughs> and they arrested him <laughs> Well, it's kind of shitty, though. Satan reneged on his deal. Like, he should have been invisible, right? It's not fair. Yeah, it didn't work out well for him. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't trust the devil. I guess not. After he was arrested, he was put into the rack for torture, which we talked about that on our last Patreon episode. It's Lex Luger's finishing move, right? <laughs> yeah. <rack>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be put in that. Have you seen that guy? He's fucking huge. Oh, man. I used to do that to my brother all the time when we were kids. Oh, yeah. It's great to do. Did you do that to your mom, Mike, or was that just a flying elbow off the couch? That was just a... I, I think it was a double axe handle day, to get it right. Okay. That's where you just lock your fingers together, you know, uh, and then, like, you come down and, like, swing like you're swinging an axe, but it's just your fists. And I believe that's what I did to, like, the base of my mom's neck. And sent tingles through her body that you should not be feeling. Uh, and she was uh, quite upset about it. Almost paralyzed her. I'm just saying, I work stiff. It's wrestling speak for, you know, it hurts. Being aggressive. Yeah, being aggressive. There you go. I don't want people to think I have like a, a small little kid boner while I'm <laughs> playing wrestling. Working stiff. Because the other term is what? Throwing potatoes. That's when you punch someone for real. <laughs> Anyways, we're off track. Torture rack, Lex Luger. So yeah, you put someone, you know, tie their arm by their wrists and ankles and start turning the wheel. 
and eventually it will pull your shoulders out of the sockets with a loud bang if i remember correctly from the episode <laughs> yeah and then if they and keep going it just rips your arms off which yeah if you don't you know. confess you're fucked yeah and I think, I don't know, did you guys say this a minute ago? We're referring to the bonus episode that was Dave's debut narrating where we discussed a uh, bunch of torture devices and the history of torture devices. Available on Patreon, bonus episode. Go check it out. Um, really cool episode. And as with most things throughout witch trials and werewolf trials and everything, Peter quickly confessed to everything once he was put on the rack. On October 28th, 1589 peter stube was tried and quickly found guilty three days later in the town square of bedburg peter was tied onto a large wagon wheel known as the breaking wheel we talked about that too we did (laughs) (laughs) from there with hot pinchers pieces of skin were torn from his body his arms and legs were broken with the blunt end of an axe and then finally he was beheaded his daughter care of it yeah, I'd be like, just can we get to the head part? <laughs> yeah, right. I did it. No rack, no Catherine wheel thing. Just cut my head off, please. <laughs> His daughter and mistress were found guilty of being an accessory to Peter's murders, and they were executed by being burnt alive on top of Peter's body. Damn. Which that's fucking intense. Yeah. I saw a drawing of it from, from way back then where it was just Peter Stube's headless body, and then like laying in front of a stake and then those two tied to the stake with him underneath Mm-mm. afterwards using the wheel the town constructed a monument as a warning to any other werewolves with a large wooden pole attached to the wheel the town put peter's head at the very top it's a nice monument to peter the next one is giles garnier uh he's also known as the werewolf of dole giles garnier was a reclusive hermit living outside of the town of dole in the French Comte province in France. I believe that's pronounced Ian Franchi Comte <laughs> in province in France and fuck France. It's freedom fries. Motherfuckers. American okay, Mike. American Mike's in the house tonight. Yeah, he actually just left. He came in literally for that and okay. he just left. <laughs> fucking I see a skull, you know, tin can ring in his back pocket as he's fucking leaving here. <laughs> being unaccustomed to feeding more than just himself because this guy was just a fucking hermit. So I don't know how he ended up with a wife, but somehow he did. So he was unaccustomed to feeding more than just himself. (laughs) He found it difficult to provide for his wife. And this caused a lot of issues between them during this period. Several children went missing or were found dead. And the authorities of the Franche Comte province issued an order encouraging and allowing the people to apprehend and kill the werewolf responsible. So I feel like this might be a time in human history where it's just like anybody that's weird or that you had a problem with, you could just have the excuse to apprehend them. Mm, yeah, yeah, right. I think so. One evening, a group of workers traveling from a neighboring town came upon what they thought in the dim light to be a wolf, but they quickly realized it was Giles Garnier with the body of a dead child, and he was quickly arrested. According to his testimony at trial, while Garnier was in the forest hunting one night, trying to find food for himself and his wife, a specter appeared to him and gave him an ointment that would allow him to change into the form of a wolf, making it easier to hunt. Garnier confessed to having stalked and murdered at least four children between the ages of nine and twelve. There's a lot of ointments and salves and shit like that in this story. (laughs) Yes. 
or just you know girdles and belts also <laughs> giving these people fucking magic powers they have more belts than you mike well like championship belts i mean we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> i have three and they were all won in various grappling competitions across the world <laughs> i didn't just go online and buy them <laughs> yeah that would be pretty weak yeah come on i'm gonna mark I won them in October 1572, his first victim was a 10-year-old girl who he dragged into a vineyard outside of Dole. He strangled her, removed her clothes, and ate the flesh from her thighs and arms. When he had finished, he removed some of the flesh and took it home to his wife. Weeks later, Garnier attacked another girl, biting and clawing her, but was interrupted by a passerby and fled. That girl died from her injuries a few days later. Ugh, she had to just lay there for days Ugh. being mauled and then slowly just died. That's fucking awful. In November, Garnier killed a 10-year-old boy eating from his thighs and belly and tearing off a leg to save for later. He strangled another boy but was interrupted for the second time by a group of passersby. He had to abandon his prey before he could eat from it. In 1572, he brutally attacked an unknown boy who was passing by and tore him in half by biting and tearing at his belly. In 1573, he strangled a girl, ate her flesh, and tore off her leg to take it home to his wife. What did he tell the wife the leg was? It's a turkey turkey leg. So I was thinking about that. I just thought maybe once he got home, like he cut the meat off. And just like, you know, cooked it and like didn't even show her what he actually had. Mm, that could be. Yeah. I mean, clearly this woman is helpless. She can't even go out and get her own goddamn food. He's got to do everything. So I'm assuming he came home and cooked it as yeah. well. And, and, and I think that the, the types of food that people ate back then is kind of suspect. I was actually reading a list the other day, like the 15 most disgusting things that people used to eat in the Middle Ages. So I don't think they were real. I don't think uh, I want to know what's on that list. Gourmet eaters. Because human leg meat might not be the worst thing. <laughs> like literally garbage was on the, was on the list. Gar- <laughs> just said garbage. <laughs> well, Dave, someone described my meal last night as garbage. So Garnier was found guilty of, quote, crimes of lycanthropy and witchcraft and burned at the stake on January 18th, 1574. Tough way to go. That guy's more of a werewolf, I feel, than Peter Stube because that account of him biting that boy mm. in half. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, the next one, the werewolf of Alariz, widely thought of as Spain's first serial killer. Manuel Blanco Romasanta is unusual for a werewolf because this was in the mid 19th century. So it was already, it should have, in most places it phased out, this belief phased out at this time. I mean, we had made some medical advances and scientific advances by that time. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> right. <laughs> Born in 1809, he had been raised as a girl until about the age of six, at which that point doctors discovered he was a boy. He grew up, got married, and worked as a tailor. When his wife died in 1833, he took up the traveling salesman trade and also guiding travelers around Spain and Portugal. His first known murder was Vicente Fernandez. Fernandez was found dead in 1844 after attempting to collect a debt from Roma Santa. Rather than face the law because they knew it was him, Roma Santa fled to Portugal. During this time, he murdered several people who had hired him as a guide. 
Roma Santo was noticed selling their clothes and rumors started to go around that he was selling soap made from human fat. Mm. A complaint was lodged against Roma Santa and he was arrested. Do people make uh, soap from human fat? I Googled it, so I'm probably on a couple lists right now. <laughs> I think that was a thing, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it sounded like it. I feel like I've heard a story. I don't know if this is accurate from history or not, but that where executions happened above by a river, people will wash their clothes downstream because the human fat mm. would create like soap at the end of this river. Interesting. Well, and I always think there were stories of the Nazis doing stuff like that during the Holocaust too. Yeah. Ugh, it's pretty gross. But I mean, we could open like a lipo six section lipo liposuction clinic and make soap kind of be like a dual business. I yeah. agree. And what else fantastic. do you do with it? Yeah. It's just like the bath and body works. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> I got lots of ideas. I'll be here all day. <laughs> You ever watch those shows on like TLC or something? I, no, I can't nope. watch that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't watch it either. It grosses me out. Yeah, I don't do well with all that surgery stuff. Uh, nope. So once he was arrested, he confessed to 13 murders and said that he had been cursed with lycanthropy. But upon being asked to demonstrate his transformation abilities, Romasanta said that the curse had passed and he was no longer afflicted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hailed. <laughs> He was actually acquitted of four of those deaths. Those forensic examinations found that those murders had been committed by real wolves. So those were from wolf attacks. But he was found guilty of the rest. A psychological examination of Romasanta's doctors determined that he had invented this curse of lycanthropy and he was sentenced to death. <laughs> we're not buying it, fella. Yeah. <laughs> This was commuted to life in prison on the request of a French hypnotist who believed that Romasanta was suffering a delusion and petitioned the stay of execution so that he might study Romasanta. According to Mike, I think he thinks the, the hypnotist is the one that's, that's uh, suffering a delusion, right? <laughs> well, I mean, if we're going to label one of them delusional, probably that guy. An 1863 newspaper reported that Romasanta passed away at that year in prison from stomach cancer. Hey, beat the hangman's noose. That doesn't so there you sound, go. Like a, sound like a pleasant way to go either. Mm -mm. So I'm sensing a pattern here that werewolves are not real. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but it's kind of where I'm leaning right now. <laughs> you mean to tell me those girdles don't actually work, Dave? <laughs> I'm suspect at this point. And the last one on our list is the Gandione werewolves. The Gandione werewolves were a family who, in the late 16th century, were accused and executed of being werewolves. In 1598, a young girl and her brother were attacked by a wolf. Benoit Bidet, aged about 15, had climbed a tree to pick some fruit and saw a wolf dart from some bushes and attack his sister. Jumping down to protect her, Benoit pulled out his knife, the wolf rushed at him, and drove the knife into his neck. A crowd of people heard the commotion and chased the wolf away. The girl ended up dying at the scene, and Benoit was taken back to his father's cabin, where he died of his injuries a few days later. Before he died, Benoit claimed that the wolf that attacked him had hands like a man covered with hair. The wolf had been attacked by the crowd, so suspicion fell on Perinette Gandione, who had a wound in the same place as the wolf had been injured. Well, that's pretty solid evidence. <laughs> yeah, right? 
Henry Boyer, who was a notorious witch hunter, arranged a mob and executed Perrinette shortly after. However, there were rumors that the whole family practiced black magic, so Boyer had them all arrested. Just like that. Yeah, and this Henry Boyer guy, when I said notorious witch hunter, like he was intense back then. Like there's accounts of him being responsible for the deaths of like upwards of 600 people, accusing them of witches and werewolves and stuff. I feel like a lot of these guys just get a feel for, um, or like once they kill one of these witches, they just keep going and going. They love it. Probably just like the power of it too. Yeah. Like you just accuse someone and now everyone's on your side and going after this person. A thirst for blood is what I was trying to say. That's the name of your first album, wasn't it? Yeah. Thirst for Blood. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Went platinum seven times. <laughs> Perinette's daughter, Antoinette, quickly confessed to witchcraft, but her brother Pierre and his son George wouldn't budge. They were put under observation, and Boyer claimed that he saw them walk around on all fours, barking and howling, and covered in mysterious scratches. I'm sure. I'm sure he did. (laughs) Boyer questioned them while they were behaving like this, and they confessed to witchcraft, (laughs) supposedly. (laughs) The Paranet family were all burned at the stake for black magic and lycanthropy. Damn. That's werewolves, huh? Hmm. This guy took out a whole goddamn family. Well, he was a notorious witch hunter. It's true. But maybe stay in your lane. You're not a werewolf hunter. You're a witch hunter. Stick to what you know, pal. <laughs> Bullshit. Well, damn. That's uh, it's pretty interesting. I didn't realize like so many people back then just, you know, use that as like a, an excuse as to why they killed so many people or fucking ate them or whatever else they, you know, they were doing that they were into. It's just like, oh, I'm a werewolf. That's why it happened. Mm-hmm. Ian, they used to call Mike the werewolf in college. Oh, yeah. Why is that? He's so hairy. That's it. That's the joke. He's just hairy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a hairy bastard. (laughs) I'm not that hairy. I don't have... uh, Nobody would mistake me for a werewolf. But still. Yeah. Gets worse with age. That's good. It's not good. (laughs) Their ear hair starts growing out of control. I do not have any ear hair. Ear and nose hair is not my thing. At least yet. We'll see. So, okay. Ian, you got anything else on uh, werewolves? Anything no. else you discovered in your uh, research? Uh, there's some interesting stuff. I mean, there was some. There was a little bit more back in, like, ancient Greek times, some more stories, uh, some different versions of some of that. Those kind of, some of that was a little cool. Um, yeah, no. It's interesting. I, I think a lot of what we feel about where, or, I don't know, or think about werewolves now comes from modern literature. Things like, you know, you need a silver bullet to kill werewolves and the battles with the vampires and all that stuff. I'm not so sure it's rooted in the same mythological legends, you know, that we talked about today. More of modern fiction, which is interesting well, that's in, why, in and of itself, you know. That's why we're here, Dave, to shed some light on the, the origins of the werewolf yeah. story. Yeah, I'm not sure where the whole full moon thing came from. Yeah, that too. Um, all right, Dave, you got anything else? Uh, No. I don't know. I think it's kind of like the Ouija board story where he thought maybe there was more to it way back when, and it's just kind of, eh, not so much. Yeah. Are there still people out there that actually believe in werewolves? Like, I, I'm going to imagine there is, but I, I don't know. It's just... Probably. All those Twilight fans, it. probably. <laughs> Twilight fans. Team, team Jacob, <laughs> man. Team Jacob believes in werewolves, Mike. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> I like those Twilight movies. I don't care what anyone says. I only saw one of them. 
it was okay, I guess. I didn't hate it. I don't. I, I didn't read the books though. I don't know like the full story. So, uh, yeah, I mean, judge. They're not the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I think they're cool. Is Harry Potter better than Twilight, Dave? Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, oh. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Get off your chest this week? Are we going to save it all for the year-end show where we're just going to shoot the shit? An hour or two of bullshitting, right? Yeah. I like the year-end show. That was fun. I get good and drunk and hang out and talk about life. Yeah. <laughs> Solve all the world's problems, if you will. We usually do. Yeah. If only people would listen. Take our suggestions. All right. Well, we got some Patreon shout outs. Pull up my list. That's what happens when we start texting so much and I have to scroll all the way back. Uh, first, a couple make goods that I owed, uh, I think, last week and then got too drunk and forgot. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Robert Knight and Joanne M. Thank you, guys. Uh, appreciate your patience. Apologies for uh, taking a little longer to get to you. But, you know, alcohol happens. But thank you guys very much for your patronage. Uh, new patrons, Christopher Martin, Stella, Maya Atkinson, Ismail D- Diaz, James, Matthew Lewis, Wiley Yaritza, Victor Cruz, Sarah Jansen, Jennifer Casey, Hades, Jay Bradshaw, Michelle Munikin, Tyler Hughes, Sav, Teal Penguin, Morning Gory, Attilio Manzoni, Joshua Harrison, Gemma Minchin, Marlissa Riley, Tom Nally, and Derek McFadden. Thank you guys very much. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And uh, like we said, I believe last week, there's going to be some changes to the $10 tier starting in January. We are going to be moving the Zoom happy hours to a quarterly event. We are going to be giving $10 patrons the chance to vote on one bonus show every month uh, for the Patreon um, exclusives. And the $10 tier is going to get an exclusive to their tier only, a monthly Bible babble with your pal Dave. That all starts uh, in January 2021. So if you want some Bible babble, hit us up at Patreon. It's going to be some good stuff. Hey, that's me. Ian, what do you got? Your pal Dave. (laughs) For iTunes, I have one for Nikki MD, B High, Courtney Lynn, Brad Can't Sell a Thing, (laughs) and... Sounds like Brad's boss uh, wrote a review. (laughs) Come on, Brad. Be a better salesman. Quit quit listening to the fucking podcast, Brad. You're not selling dick this month. (laughs) And Lee Anna 76. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. All right. Uh, Day before I throw it to you, I had one more shout out, too. Um, We have uh, for our longtime patron and listener, uh, Jenny from Arkansas, sent us a badass care package. Uh, currently using my koozie as we speak. Uh, the Razorbacks koozie she sent us, but she sent us, uh, what, koozies, mugs, all kinds of good stuff. So shout out to uh, Jenny from Arkansas. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah, I, I had my koozie when I was watching uh, Arkansas get beat 52 to, to 3 by <laughs> Alabama the other day. Goddamn. <laughs> now you got to rub it in their face. Well, I'm just, you know. It's all they got down there, man. They don't have like a pro sports team, right? No. They just got the Razorbacks. Yeah, Su- is that Suey? Is that the is that the chance? Suey. Like yeah. They I like the, the mug. The, yeah. That's the noise the pig makes when you're banging it, right? <laughs> God damn. I'm kidding. I kid because I care. <laughs> Anyways, Dave, you got anything else? 
Uh, no entries in the bad review corner this week. I believe people are scared of, uh, of uh, being featured on my little bit here, so they're not writing bad reviews anymore, which was my purpose in the first place, so good on you. <laughs> but uh, I do have an announcement I'd like to make. Regretfully... It's like a breaking news announcement? It is a breaking news announcement. Necronomapod, stand by for breaking news. So it is my... It is my duty to inform everyone that voting for next year's first episode has been suspended. What? So we've identified a pattern of voting irregularities and anomalies that were detected in the vote totals. Therefore, we've undertaken a forensic review, and we're going to have to provide an update when available. I don't know when that will be. Forensic voting reviews take a long time. So I I don't know where we stand at this point, but voting has been halted. We're going to have to bring out some outside agency or something for this. Yeah. And the main anomaly was way more fucking votes than listeners. So, you know, (laughs) I wish we had that many downloads. I mean, we do pretty dang well, but we don't do that well. Like how Casey Anthony jumped up 5,000 fucking votes overnight. (laughs) Somebody's on a mission, so we're going to have to uh, investigate further. Yeah, so stand by on that. We're going to have to figure something out. Just kind of get a goddamn website that lets people vote one time. (laughs) See, Ian's so upset, he's flipping tables over there. He thought we had honest listeners. We do not. Meanwhile, fucking poor Leonard Lake and Charles Zhang and West Memphis 3, you know, look like they have, like, legit amount of votes. And then uh, Casey Anthony and Israel Keyes just fucking, it's insane. Obviously, there's some uh, Russian interference going on. <laughs> it's not good. Hold on. I'm going to look at it real quick and get the actual number for this. 157,000 for Casey Anthony and 156,000 <laughs> for Israel Keys. Can you imagine if we had those download numbers? Yeah, it's so ridiculous. So for Casey Anthony, 20,535. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And then for Israel Keys, 13,725. Holy shit. The last time you guys sent me an update, they were within a, like a hundred of each other. She's now like 7,000 in the lead. Yes. Good Lord. Why and can't then, people just like vote one time and move on? And then West Memphis 3 has 300 votes. <laughs> and Leonard Lake and Charles Ng have 160. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to figure this out, and the voting is suspended. That's why we can't have nice things. And we'll figure out an outcome and give you something in January. Maybe we'll just do, Ian and I will finally do our 15 parts on Shawn Michaels and his tights <laughs> and the way they transform throughout the years. That's what people Passion get project, for... if, you, if you will. Really? I will take the week off then, fellas. No, I said 15 <laughs> weeks, pal. <laughs> Let's go in January through, uh, you know, maybe April. So, okay. Well, Dave, thank you for that breaking news. You're welcome. I just want to wish everyone a happy holidays. Hope you guys uh, have safe travels if you're going anywhere. If you are, you know, be smart. Still a pandemic out there. Uh, Have a Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll be back with our year-end show uh, next week where we're just going to wrap some things up, answer some of your questions, and, you know, have a good time. It's going to be our little New Year party, if you will. Can't wait. Uh, lastly, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod. Uh, give us a follow or a like. We always like uh, hearing from you guys and seeing what you guys have to say about the shows. Check us out there. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. 
Um, like we said, there's going to be some changes to the $10 tier. We're going to have some fun stuff coming uh, in the new year. And then uh, merchandise, uh, koozies and stickers available at Necronomapod.com. And then if you want uh, some uh, shirts, T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, long sleeves, that is Amazon.com slash Necronomapod. Or go to Amazon.com and search Necronomapod. And I think that about covers it. So uh, happy holidays. Same to you. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.